Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Hey everybody, it's uh, Wednesday, middle of the week, and uh, you're reading your Bible. That's a good thing. Welcome back. Welcome back. Um, yeah, what's new, Pastor? Uh, we're home still. Yep, we've been home, and it's nice. Uh, I yeah, I, I don't know if there's anything else besides that. <laughs> That's it, dude. Thankfully, uneventful. Yes, that is good. And there's so much sickness going around right now with everybody. Our admin is is under the weather right now. Like, yeah, I thought she was better, and yeah, it feels like there's always something that inevitably disrupts the normal way of life. Yep. There's never homeostasis where everything's good. In fact, those days where it is good, you should be like, what's going on? Right. Something's a brewing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Something's coming. Yeah. Yeah. This is like the calm before the storm. (laughs) You know what I'm thankful for, Pastor PJ? What are you thankful for? I'm thankful that God never changes. Are you thankful that God never changes? (laughs) one of my favorite things about God. He never changes. Because you know people, right? People, they do change. Listen, listen. They're healthy. They get sick. Their office is one way, then it's another way. Hey, you know what? I'm after the right setup for what I do the majority of the week, which is my study time. Okay. So. Okay. So in case you're wondering yeah. the subtext of this conversation, Pastor yeah, them in on the offices, subtext. <laughs> if you've ever been to Pastor PJ's office, you'll notice that it's a certain way. But if you come back an hour later, you'll notice that this, it's probably entirely different. So we, you know, typically our podcast setup, you know, we're in his office. We, we set up the podcast mics on his desk. We, we had a certain way of life. Things were good. It, you know, if it wasn't broke, you know, why try to fix it kind of thing? And then I walk in a day and basically everything is upside down, topsy-turvy. I don't even know where I am right now. Hey, but we got rid of the pallets outside the windows. <laughs> the pallets. I was beginning to like them. Were you? They were there. you didn't have to see them. They were a fixture of my life. They weren't. You never saw them. I did all the time. When you went on your walks? No, when I came here just to do my podcast recording <laughs> with you. I saw them and I took comfort in the fact that they were there well, every time. It's just That's what I'm here to do. I'm here to just stretch you and get you out of your comfort zone. I, that's one way to do it. Hey, the desk is moving all of a sudden. <laughs> to cast some demons out of the You know, stuff. there was an earthquake in Oklahoma that I guess was felt all the way down to Dallas. So maybe this is the... The aftershock it just happened. I walked in today. It was like this. Mm. Yeah. Okay. That's good to be it. You know, since we're, since we believe in the big bang, this is entirely plausible. Whoa. This probably could have happened. We don't, we don't believe in that. Oh, we don't. Yeah. But if you did your desk moving in precisely this location while moving all, all of your electronics, changing, plugs, getting that, plugged in. that's, that's equal. No, that's probably as possible, if not more possible than the big bang itself. From so good to the zoo to you. There you go. Yep. So maybe this wasn't you at all. Maybe this is Darwinian there evolution. I, I'm sorry. You are we'll exonerated. Survival of the fittest. Is that what this is? That's what we're after. Just being as ready as possible for whatever comes. I, okay. Is that yeah. what this is? Okay. Look at how much space I have over here though, in my office though, that now I'm not going to use. Yeah. I could do jumping jacks or. Or or I'll just come back in an hour and everything will be back the way it was. No, no, that's not true. I'll come back in an hour and a half. Okay, 10 minutes. Is that. All right. You know what? Let's get into the Bible. Hey, uh, I forgot to tell you. Uh, I forgot to send you a text. I'm not Danny Mayer wanted me to send you the link for PETA. He thinks you'd like to support them. Become a 2024 PETA member. He loves animals and 
clearly you do too. He wants you to know that he's thinking about you. Um, no, I'm good. It was I'm Dan good. Mayer, not Danny. Yeah. Dan, Danny, same, same difference. Yeah. Same person. It's confusing when people have the same name as their dads. And you know, <laughs> yes, it does. I'll just leave it at that. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll pass on signing up for PETA, but I appreciate Dan sending that to me. Oh, he's thinking about you. Yeah. Yeah, we probably ruffled some feathers on that. I, I, oh, uh, yep. see what you did. I wonder if we lost any listeners. I, probably not. The stats maybe. are way down today. Are they? Already. <laughs> Just plummeted. <laughs> For tomorrow, nobody. There's zero right now. I can't believe zero people so far. Well, with the riveting conversation so far, I would not blame them. Yeah, well. <laughs> hey, let's get to uh, something that is interesting and uh, worth our time, and that's the Bible. Let's do it. Exodus 25, 26, and 27. Exodus 25, uh, we're talking a tent of meeting now. We're talking the tabernacle. So this was uh, the place where God's glory took up residence temporarily with his people during the wilderness wandering. So this will be uh, left aside. This will be put aside, set aside uh, when Israel is settled in the promised land and when Jerusalem becomes the uh, the capital and when the temple gets built. But until then, We've got this tent that's going to be uh, constructed, and that's what we are dealing with here, starting in chapter 25. And there's uh, the first nine verses talking about the the contributions. They were going to need materials to get this done. And one of the things that I appreciate about this here, and it shows up again, I believe, with the construction of the temple, is that it's stipulated that, that those who brought things were those whose heart moved them to do so. And so that, that's just an encouraging thing because you see God's people excited about God's place and, and, and it looking good and, and being something where uh, it reflects his glory and his goodness. And, and here you have God specifically saying, hey, here's the architectural plan and, and pattern. Uh, by the way, that, that shows up in verse 9. That shows up in Hebrews chapter 8, references this moment where Moses is shown the pattern after which the tabernacle would be built. But you have people willingly bringing these contributions. In other words, God's not strong-arming the people to say you have to bring these things, number one. Number two, these weren't part of the normal tithes and offerings of the Israelites. This was above and beyond what was typically required or asked of the uh, the Israelites to bring for a normal act of worship. So the, the materials, the contributions are described there in the first nine verses. Then we get into the ark. Uh, the Ark of the Covenant, Indiana Jones, all that stuff in uh, verses 10 through 22. That's exciting. Yeah, it is exciting. Um, you've got a, a, a rectangular box just shy of about four feet long, just over two feet deep, and just over two feet tall if the cubit there is 18 inches. We talked about that, I think, last year, last season in the podcast when we talked about there's different ways to measure the cubit. But if it is 18 inches, which most people, I think, believe it to be here, then that's the dimensions that we're looking at, about four by two by two. And uh, this was unique. It was not to be touched or carried or uh, or handled by anyone, but carried by poles. And so you've got these rings, and the poles were supposed to go through the rings to transport the ark from place to place. That'll play a role in the future of, uh, of Israelite history there. And on top of the ark is the mercy seat. And you've got these two angelic beings. And then at the center of the angelic beings is the mercy seat or the seat of atonement. Pastor Rod, can you unpack the, the seat of atonement for us a little bit? The seat on top of the Ark of the Covenant was, in fact, a throne seat. That was the idea there. You have the two cherubim facing one another, guarding, as it were, protecting that seat from any defilement, from anything from the outside. And the seat was the place of God's dwelling. Now, this is interesting because God is everywhere. He's transcendent and he's imminent at the same time. And yet this special seat was something that was meant to showcase the place where God's righteous wrath would be atoned. Is the mercy seat. It's the place where uh, where he is going to demonstrate 
and showcase his mercy toward Israel. And so this seat became very important, this Ark of the Covenant. And by the way, this this seat was also, you might notice, it was gold. It was pure gold, yep. unlike the rest of it, which was overlaid with gold. The seat itself was something unique, special, guarded, protected. And this is within the Holy of Holies, within the tabernacle. There's three layers. You have the outer court um, where everyone could enter. You have the inner court or the... Or the uh, well, this is, hold on. Yeah, the outer court, the court of the, the courtyard is what I'm getting at. Thank you. The courtyard, and then courtyard. you have the holy place where you have the bread, and then you have the menorah, and then you have the altar of incense, and then you have the holy of holies where the Ark of the Covenant was, where you have the mercy seat, yep. where there would be the, the, the high priest who would enter one time of year to offer atonement for all of Israel for their sin. And this is going to find its place and its fulfillment all the way in the New Testament with Christ, who offers himself in order to open the holy of holies as it were to all people yeah helpful description by the way if you go to your esv study bible if you have one of those there are some great graphics in that that give you an idea of what these would have looked like they're the best descriptions there's others but they are the best they really are full color 3d they're they're great yeah and if you have logos you can pull them up right there and you can have the the images right there from uh from your ESV study Bible, but After helpful there in case you're wondering, hey, what is uh, what did this look like? What was this actually like? You can go there and see a, a close estimation of it. You should totally do that. And if you ever have the opportunity, I don't know, did you go to the uh, the tabernacle experience when they, a church? I think it was one of the Calvary chapels I in California. Yeah, Oceanside, they had this church who, I guess they work with this company where they erect like a full scale tabernacle. Yeah. Super cool. It is. I took my kids to see it. It was like, oh man, it's one thing to read it on the page. It's a whole other to to walk through the courtyard to see the names on the fly. It was really right. a neat experience. I don't know if they have that happen in here. I'm sure at some point they will, but if we could do that, that'd be clutch. That would be clutch. It'd be pretty cool. Well, next you get the table of the uh, the show bread or the bread of the presence. This was bread that was offered to the Lord. It was also bread that was eaten by Le- the Levitical priests. And this was a, a quite the piece in and of itself. Um, we talked about the, the, the gold on the ark. This was also laden with gold, and it was taken by Antiochus IV in the uh, the first conquering of the temple. And then it was also taken in uh, in the in AD 70, after the destruction of the Roman temple. It's, in fact, on Titus's arch. It's dis- displayed there as, uh, as a trophy that was taken from the, the destruction of the temple there. But this is where the bread would be. Uh, the priest would have eaten this bread day in and day out. Um, this shows up in uh, in David's life. David's on the run for his life and ends up going and, and taking the showbread and eating the showbread wow. um, during that time and and uh, becomes a conflict. We'll talk about that when we get there. But uh, you've got the the table of uh, for the showbread and then you've got the menorah or the uh, the lamp and this was uh, meant to provide light for the tabernacle. This is uh, something that if you go to Israel today, they have a replica of what the temple menorah looked like during this time. And it's full size, and it's standing out in uh, in the, the courtyard there um, adjacent the Temple Mount. So pretty cool to be able to go in and see that. This is not the lamp itself, but the lamp stand. This would have held the uh, the vessels that would have had the oil that would have been burning during the time. Yeah, and, and there's various approaches to the, the symbolic nature of these pieces of furniture, and I'm sure we'll touch on some of them. But obviously, table of the bread, the fellowship, the presence, God's communion with Israel. There was 12 pieces of bread for each of the tribes, God connecting with them. Ark of the Covenant, of course, is God's manifest presence among them, a place where mercy and atonement was was 
offered golden lampstand. He is a light of the world. And granted, uh, you should also recognize that within this tent, there's no other sources of light. Yeah. There's there's layers to the tent itself. So this would have served an important function in that it provides light because you can't see otherwise. But just the ideas and the concepts of God himself being light and the, the, the oil, perhaps a reference to his spirit fueling the light that is given to them. So there's different approaches to this, but there's some ideas about uh, about the furniture and, and its significance. Yeah, yeah, helpful. Well, chapters 26 through 27 then get into the tent itself and its construction. Like Pastor Raj just said, there are layers in verses 1 through 14 that are described. These uh, these outer or these these inner layers rather of linen, and then there's the the goat hair on the outside of it, and so it's pretty uh, pretty thick, pretty helpful, protected, and, yeah, and and, uh, and protected from windstorms and other thing else that they would have uh, faced in the the desert. The frame verses 15 through 30, just a high view here, inner details, really 31 through 37. You get the veil there. The veil comes on the scene here, reminding us of our separation from God. Um, the altar in uh, verses one through eight of chapter 27, then the courtyard nine through 18, and then just some general supplies in 19 through 21. Um, yeah. So there's a lot in these chapters. This, And here's the thing, when we read about this, and it's going to be the same thing when we get to the temple, the, the temptation is going to be, okay, let me just, let me just get through this. This is talking about, this is this many cubits long and it's made of this type of wood and it's overlaid with this kind of metal. And it's, <laughs> it's, it can get tedious, but the thing that I was struck of by here in, in this section is just that, that God does care about excellence and he cares about attention to detail. Um, that, that's something that we often talk about with our setup team on Sunday mornings. Uh, at at uh, at our church, we meet in a school, and so it's quite a far cry to go from the ornate decorations of the tabernacle, and certainly when you think about the temple, hmm. to the gymnasium that we walk into on a Sunday morning. Our to, chairs are uh, not covered in gold to get set up. No, not at all. They should be. But, well, yeah, Benny Hinn. You know, maybe we can call him up and say, "Hey, Benny." Um, no, but. But there's parallels here for us to take away. And one thing that I love is a couple of our guys, Stephen and uh, Ryan Peterson and Stephen Little, have, have taken it upon themselves to lay down these strings down the center aisle to make sure that our center aisle is straight and is orderly and is aesthetically pleasing even. And we may say, is that really what we need to be paying attention to? After all, we're meeting a gymnasium. You know, there's orange construction cones over next to the bleachers over there. Like... Mm. Does that matter? And the answer is yes, because what we can control and what we can do to the excellence and or, or for in an excellent manner and for the glory of God, we should do in an excellent manner and for the glory of God. So um, let that be an encouragement to you too. When you show up on Sunday mornings for for church, we, we do this, you know, for the good of the Lord and, or, or the the glory of God, and and it's it 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 does matter. And and so when you see things and you're looking at them and you're looking at the flags out front or you're looking at the signage and going, oh, well, look at that. Look, this is not for us to bow up and say, look what we can do. It's it's for us to say, look at our God. Our God is worthy of this glory and this excellence. And this is a pattern established all the way back here with these instructions for the tabernacle. Such a helpful concept, too, because this whole section, I mean, we, we could say this, we could make this point from really any of the chapter 25, 26, 27 that we're going to cover today. And the idea here is that God's desire for excellence is in the details. Yeah. It's in the small things. It's not just in the large scale, like, hey, he's getting sacrifices and he's he's getting costly sacrifices at that, but it's also in the small things. He wants, he tells them, when you make the golden lampstand, I want this many calyxes. I want this, I want four in the center and I want three on each of the stems on each side. I mean, it's a level of detail while at the same time, giving a lot of room for artistry. You might notice there's a lot of detail here, but there's not 
precise specifications as to how big is the lampstand. I mean, you have some rough and dirty ideas here. You can kind of say, okay, well, the lampstand should be about this size given the space, but it's not in there. So God's very precise, very detailed in the level and quality that he wants. And yet at the same time, there's a good deal of freedom in the expression of those details, yeah. which I find to be so liberating and so exciting and also a bit daunting. It's like, oh man, I don't want to get this wrong. I want to get this right. I want to do this really well. So excellence in our worship, man, we could we could talk about even the, the way that we approach our lives. If our lives are a living sacrifice, then certainly our lives should convey a kind of moral, um, ethical excellence in every single detail. Yeah, yeah, for sure. The other thing to take note of here is, is uh, this is a physical place that God instructs the Israelites to create for the representative representative place of his his dwelling with the people. Uh, David will will say later on, you know, who am I to think that that a temple could con- contain you? There's no way it could possibly contain you. Um, the the prophets will say the same thing. It, it's the earth is the footstool of God, and so it's not as though this was going to be the place where God's physical presence took up permanent residence. But still, I think it's worth noting that God chose a place for people to come to worship Him, people to come and bring their offerings to Him. And so when we think about that there was a communal element of this for the people of Israel as well, that this was going to be the communal hub of the Israelite worship. And so for uh, for us, for you and I, when we think about church, and I know there's a lot of question about, do I need to go to church? Do I need to show up? Do I need to participate in this, that, or the other thing? Look, at the end of the day, y'all, we are we attend church because it's it's the place that God calls us out from. He calls us out from the world and into the church on a regular basis, on a weekly basis. And even back here, he's beginning to establish that pattern by providing a physical location for the Israelites. Each and every uh, time that, that Moses went to meet with the Lord, he went to this place to meet with the Lord. It wasn't as though Moses said, well, let me get to my house church and go inside and in my, my, you know, just with my family and I'll come out and tell you what God says. It was no. This is uh, this is a good thing. We need to make sure that that we go here because this is where God wants us to be. Yeah, it's it's not His physical presence because God doesn't have a body. But there is something special and uh, unique about His spiritual manifest presence. There, it's His authorized and ordained place of physical representation. Dude, I don't know what you just did to the sound, but it it fixed something. Oh, did it? Because it came into my my earphone even more over on this side. Oh, really? Yeah. That's weird, man. I was just tinkering with things. So I'm like, okay. Well, we'll have to see if it fixed the, the balance issue, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't, it Sorry, guys, something. we're, we're doing, we're, we're workshopping some stuff on the fly. So please bear with us as we work. We are if someone to wants to out. be an audio engineer for us, there is a space of service wide open. Yep. Yep. And you got to know Logic Pro. Logic, Logic Pro. Logic, you got to know Logic Pro. Yep. Uh, and you get to sit here during the recordings and you get to be part of this. And you get to take them and edit Mix them afterwards. And edits yep. the whole time. I mean, hey, we don't, we, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who reach out. So we can't make any promises. Right. But if you want to do this, maybe you should reach out. And it will be, you will earn so much heavenly rewards. Spiritual rewards out the wazoo. Yes. Yeah. Podcast well, hey. at compassntx.org. <laughs> yep. Let us know. Hey, thanks for tuning in for another episode here. And uh, we look forward to being back with you tomorrow. Keep reading your Bibles. See you then. Bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.